0: Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts
1: for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brunet. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place of South Florida and been serving the homeless, the needy, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, veterans, people with mental health issues, women fleeing domestic violence, and those that just kind of like falling through the cracks. We've been doing this for 96 years Uh, good morning again i'm ron brummett i'm the president i've been here 27 years and we can't believe that fall is upon us we have so many activities coming up so many different ways to encourage the homeless to get off the street to start new lives and thanksgiving will be upon us and we have the end of the year holidays and we have always endeavored during the holidays especially to make life better even a little bit more better for those that are in our centers in miami or hollywood or pompano or those that are on the street you know the holidays are probably one of the worst times of the year for the homeless their birthdays are days that they feel very depressed But when it comes to the holidays, you know, holidays are with family and with food and good things are happening. And here you are, you know, without any hope on the street, begging for money, looking for food. And you've got yourself so depressed and your self-confidence is so low. And you've been beat down so many times and you've tried so many times and you just want to give up. And so, you know, if I'm going to be homeless, I'm going to be homeless. If I'm going to be abused, I'm going to be abused. There's no hope for me. We'll use this time to encourage of the men, women, and children that we're serving and those that are on the streets, that life can be different. You know, we have a tremendous community. This this is the Good News program, Mission Possible, the Good News program, and we want to let the community know and people know that, you know, all during the week you're hearing so much bad news. You're hearing so many negative things and there are awful things that are happening around the world. And yet, uh, neighbors can help other neighbors. And I've seen that for the 27 years I've been here. I know that a volunteer that comes in the door and serves a meal and interacts with someone that was formerly homeless or that is homeless, it means a lot. Because that person took time out of their busy life to come down and do something kind for me. I know that I've heard that over and over and over. And as we approach the fall months, we're actually in the fall months and the end of the year, we have our annual Pack the Pantry food drive going on we've done this for many years and just like in years past farmers after the harvest they would start canning up things and putting things in smoke houses and getting ready for the fall and the winter months so they would be able to eat well uh, we're asking the community to come alongside of us again in 2018 for our annual pack the pantry food drive you go to our website at caringplace.org slash pantry that's caringplace.org's Slash Pantry. We will send you printed paper bags uh, with our information on it the drop off centers. What to put in the bag is normally non-perishables, and we're asking people uh, as you go to your local supermarket, where you like to shop, when look for the Bogos. If you see some can of beans on sale, you know, uh, buy one get, one get one, get one for your family, get one for someone in need, and then we ask people to drop them off at one of our centers in Miami or in Hollywood, in Pompano, pretty spread out. And if you're doing something larger, maybe it's a business or your place of worship or a condominium association or a school, uh, we will have flyers we can send to you. you. Can tape them on boxes and put them in you know places where people travel, and as they travel through, they can drop off their goods. You know, rice and um, instant potatoes and all sorts of canned goods, corn, utensils. And that will help us tremendously. We know that we're going to serve close to 250,000 meals this fall. Uh, that's a quarter of a million meals. And we can't do it without the support of our community. And when people get involved with the Pacta Pantry, we've had kids in first grade, second grade, we had teenagers, we've had universities. Uh, it's just so many different places and people get involved. That means that we don't have to spend or come up with the money to spend for all that food that we need. To serve all those people you know i said i've been here 27 years and you can come down to any one of our centers and talk to just about any staff member that's been here for a little while and they will echo these words we have seen this hope often begins with a meal hope often begins with a meal people that come through our doors the first time or second time they're not there because they want a life change necessarily they usually haven't had a shower for a while. They're wearing the same clothes. They're very, very hungry. They're tired. And to talk to someone at that level about coming into the program and getting your life turned around and you two can make it, uh, their mind's just not receptive. And so we will serve good, nutritious, hearty meals. You know, it's not just, uh, you may think of a mission uh, with a tin roof on it and some crusty bread and some soup, that, that's not the case. We have very good, delicious meals. And then especially to our outreaches coming up for our Thanksgiving and for our Christmas holiday, I'll uh, have excellent, tremendous uh, cooked food. And that is a hook. So when people come in, they're not only going to get a, a, sh- a shower and a change of clothes and a nice hot meal, but someone's going to be there to encourage them. And maybe it's not to get them right in a program the first time. Maybe it's just to smile. It's to meet them, to find out who they are, what's, what are they going on in their life. And then uh, that trust can be built up. And that person will often sometimes see others in in our residential programs that they used to run with on the streets or maybe a past friend. And it brings uh, hope to them. They say, you know, I remember him. He He's here now and he's going to school and he's getting a home and he's got a job. And that is how we use the food. of uh, the meals program, we don't wanna keep serving the same people you know, for years and years. That is not our goal. Our goal is to interact with people, provide them resources, and if it's not our center, maybe it's a veteran that needs to get be uh, hooked up with the VA, or maybe it's someone that has suffering from mental illness that has to go to another agency. We wanna be as helpful as we can, and we can't do it without you. Uh, I just wanna say bless you for giving to us you know, we have our Thanksgiving and our Christmas and just our general operations. We're serving over 1,300 people every single day. That's a lot of people. You know, that is in Hollywood. That, that location is right off of Scott Street and West Dixie Highway. It's close to Sheridan. Then we have our Pompano Center, which is off Blount Road, which is between Copens and um, Martin Luther King up in Pompano. And then our Miami Centers are kind of spread out in downtown area. But we have a lot, a lot of people coming in, a lot of plates, a lot of forks, a lot of cleaning, a lot of wear and tear, a lot of clothing, and it's all done so we can share the love of God and the love of our community and let people know no matter where they are in life, no matter how low they think they are that things can be different, that they can dream about a better future. And I am so privileged over these many years. I run to people all the time that you, that have gone through one of our centers. What a blessing it is to me. They go, don't you remember me? I was in here in 2008. Maybe I do. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. They have to kind of let me know who they are. And I said, wow, here's a person that came to us with absolutely nothing and now is a business owner or one that's an executive or one that's become a nurse or, or one that's now a better mom and they have a great family and the kids are doing good. That's what it's all about. And so you can make a huge difference. You become a volunteer during the holidays. Uh, the packed Pantry is a wonderful way to get involved. We also have a toy drive and pamper drive. I don't want to overload you with all the things you can get involved in. But it, you really can help someone in the greatest of need. Now, this month on October 20th, we have a group of women. They called Girlfriends for Girlfriends, and they're helping with safe and affordable housing for women that are fleeing domestic violence that are in our centers. They're having a uh, swap meet. Uh, flea market at our church location, located at seven hundred Northwest One Hundred and Seventy Fifth Street, rather. That's seven hundred Northwest One Hundred and Seventy Fifth Street in Miami, in Nor- in Miami Gardens. Really, it's on the property. We've got loads of great uh, people that are involved, tents, great items, and all the funds are gonna that are being raised are gonna go towards our safe and affordable housing program from our Girlfriends for Girlfriends. And then the following week on October 27th, we have our cover girls in Miami are doing a wonderful Women on Fire evening to raise awareness of domestic violence and to help women through mentorship in our programs. And there's a ton of other ways to get involved. As I said earlier, we can't do all that we do without you. So special blessings to all of our donors, our supporters, our volunteers, our faith groups, uh, for broward county and for miami-dade county and all those that come together and help just that one person uh, get their life changed well god bless you again and stay tuned right here on news radio 610 wiod for more mission possible
2: leanne navarro here the community development associate for the miami center super excited we uninspired we have in the studio today greg mcqueen the president for greater miami south florida youth How are
3: you doing, Craig? I am doing great, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you and all your wonderful listeners, and uh, we're having a great Miami South Florida day.
2: Yes, we are, and listen, your project, your idea, what you're doing to benefit the children and the community, it is so inspiring. I know that I met you through trying to have the children from our center join uh, what you guys are doing And then I connected you with Care Elementary, and you Mm -hmm. guys. I know you guys are working together, doing something together. Tell me about your program, and tell me a little bit about who you are and how this wonderful (laughs) thing started, Greg.
3: Well, I am a retired City of Miami Assistant Chief. I spent thirty-five years in law enforcement. Wow! And uh, had a great career, and and I'm still actively involved with law enforcement. Uh, Probably about eight years ago, I wanted to see a change with how we operate within the department. Uh, the department has a great uh, process of putting folks in jail, that's what we do.
2: Yes, <laughs> so,
3: that's one of so the things you do. That's one of the things we do. So we, I wanted to get a PhD in the prevention side of the house, not putting folks in jail. So myself and a couple officers got together and we started a program basically saying officers making a difference. And we wanted to offer to the children that we serve in the communities that we serve, Alternatives to crime. Yes. So we started a nonprofit organization and we based it on academics and sports. We use the sports to draw them in, and at the, once we get them into our midst, then we hammer in the academic side of the house and explain to these kids how important they are. And going to jail is not a badge of honor, it's a badge of shame. Yes. And And this is the reason why because a lot of these kids didn't have anyone giving them the other side. You know, uh, unfortunately with some of the music and videos and things that they see is is all glorifying people going to jail. Yes. And so, but once these kids are in our midst and we're able to explain to them that by going to jail, they limit themselves on the type of jobs that they'll be able to get as adults and it's gonna follow them the rest of their life. Yes. So, but on the police side of the house, we had to figure out how to get into the community, because uh, let's be honest, there's not really been a great relationship between the police department and the community because of the nature of the job that we do. So we had to let down our guard to meet the, the community, and and uh, I'm a firm believer in that if you're not willing to really ingrain yourself in the community that you serve, then you're just wasting your time. I agree. So we started a program called Greater Miami Youth, uh, Greater Miami South Florida Youth and Community, Inc., And it's basically, we put inside of that program, it's called the Miami Youth Hurricane Sports and Academic Program. We we offer mentoring, we offer karate, football, track, uh, cheerleading, and uh, we're just gonna keep expanding as the kids grow. So we found that yes, those kids were looking for outreach. Yes, the parents were looking for a safe place for their kids to go. Why why not go to a place where you got a bunch of police officers and business folks out doing there? Doing
2: good. Yeah, doing, <laughs> doing, doing helping out.
3: So we, we started to get a nice following to our method and, and our and our mythology of how we want to proceed and deal with the youth. And so forth is working. We have kids who have left our program in college now, and that's great. And I just received a call earlier this year. My, I had my first Ivy League kid, who, kid who received a a full ride to Columbia University. Ugh, so, how so, rewarding. so I am <laughs> extremely proud of that. And and uh, again, we had that young man in our program for three years, and so he's doing great
2: that's amazing and I know that so you guys are reaching out to organizations like the Miami Rescue right. Mission like Care Elementary I'm sure you're reaching out to all these other schools in the neighborhood yes. right in uh, the park is the one located where where, are these, it. where is it uh, where I, are you guys doing these activities
3: our activities are held at Moore Park which is 765 Northwest 36th Street it's a beautiful facility uh, if you remember about eight years ago the city of Miami along with the Orange Bowl committee rededicated that park and renovated it and now it has a stadium and it's a great facility
2: and how many times a week do you guys meet to do these activities
3: well we're there four to five times a week
2: wow it depends
3: on the activity that we're that we're offering we're in our football and cheer season now so we're there five days a week
2: amazing and this is after school of yeah, course yeah right? all of
3: our activities basically start from six o'clock and we end at 8 30. we uh, very uh, happy that we chose those hours because those are the critical hours because these kids are in school most of the day time. Yes. And then once they get out, then they have that little idle period. And unfortunately that idle period is when unfortunately they get in trouble sometimes. That's sometimes
2: right. when trouble happens. <laughs> right, and
3: we do know there are some folks out there trying to recruit these kids yes. during that time period. So as long as we can, I call them unlicensed pharmaceutical distributors. Yes. We try to keep them away from those kids. And so by taking up that space, so by the time we're finished with them, they're tired and they get home and they don't have to worry about
2: they it. They want to take a shower and go, go to sleep. Go to sleep.
3: <laughs> One of the things that uh, we missed, um, we're so used to going to the regular schools and just the neighborhoods because we pass out our flyers to get the information out. We miss the kids that are in the Miami Mission and those kids are in financial situations where they're not at the regular locations. And Not right, because
2: there are shelters and shelters. Stuff like that. And, right. and,
3: But we just... But again, our negligence and, and our ignorance, we were always thinking more of the adult side, but we forgot about there's so right. many families yes. that are involved uh, that are there. Yes. And one of my volunteers this year reminded me of that and said, hey, you know, there's a location where there's a bunch of kids yes. that are there and they probably can really benefit from us. So one evening, I took the time out, I drove and I stopped at the facility outside the, uh, the uh, gate there and I happened to look inside of the courtyard and I saw at least thirty kids, and yes. they were in a little small space. But those kids had so much energy, and I said, "Man, I could take a lot of that energy from yes. them." Yes, <laughs> so, children have real, so much energy, right? Right. And we
2: need to, you're right. It's about focusing that energy in positive in things positive ways. and things that would. We- get you know keep them out of trouble in the future and I love what you guys you know you told me something or you sent me an email and you said we want to walk the children to the front of the police station not through the back
3: yes one of our one of our missions is uh, walking kids through the front door of the police station not the back door in handcuffs because once they're in handcuffs then there's very little that I can do now, of course, we always want to provide a safe nutrient learning environment, but yes. we just put in that little small catchphrase just to, just to bring it home so people yes. know what we're really trying to do. And these kids and the parents uh, understand that because, unfortunately, the kids uh, of today, trouble is too prevalent for them. because it starts with what they have at home, most of them, computers. They can get in trouble just by getting on the computer. So we have to push that message out, that you are a good citizen, that you can be a productive citizen, and how valuable you are as a person. And these are the things that we strive to these kids through our mentoring program, and even in our sports program, we constantly let them know how important they are.
2: And even the bonding among each other, like having, you know, building those relationships with the other children in in your program, because again, they come from different schools, they come from different backgrounds. So how amazing, Craig. Now I know our listeners are Mm -hmm. wondering, Mm -hmm. how can our listeners get involved or, If there is someone out there that wants their child to join your program, how can they find you? How can they get involved with you guys?
3: Very simple. They can come to Moore Park. All of our literature and our our people are at Moore Park. Uh, They can also call us at 786-682. Eight four two seven. I repeat that, 786-682-8427. They also go to our website, which is uh, Miami Youth Hurricanes. And you notice the Miami Youth Hurricanes, so. <laughs> and, and, and we have permission. And so, all about the you you have
2: permission, I love it. And
3: and uh, in writing. And so, um, and, and all our little kids, you can't tell them they're not already going to the University of Miami, because our colors are the same and everything. That's amazing. So, so they can come to Moore Park, they can go to the website, they can call our phone number, of course, we'll take volunteers, uh, anyone that wants to volunteer their time. Of course, we do criminal history checks to make sure that Obviously. we don't want anybody <laughs> near our kids that shouldn't be near our kids. Yes. And uh, But again, just volunteering, giving, the, uh, passing out water to the kids, talking to the kids. Because a lot of these kids just want someone to talk to them yes. and, and talk with them. Uh, we found that a lot of the kids, uh, they're constantly being talked back. But yes. nobody's having a two-way conversation with them. And you'd be surprised at what these kids know and what they tell you. And sometimes <laughs> so,
2: just listening. Just you know. listening to them. <laughs> so
3: we would love to have volunteers. The programs that we're offering, as I stated, we have a mentoring program called Youth to Distinction. This is mainly for boys. Uh, we take 25 boys and we, we put them through a gamut of uh, different uh, assessments. We go from etiquette all the way up to learning how to tie their first tie. Because a lot of these little boys don't own a tie. right? Or they have a tie, it's a clip on. And they don't know the real meaning. And we found that some of our kids in the inner city, they only wear a tie to a funeral. They don't know that it's fashionable to wear it every day.
2: And and they will have to eventually eventually. when they go into adulthood. (laughs) That's what we
3: want. We want to produce good citizens. we, We don't want them to get into adulthood and say, guess what i don't know how to tie a tie
2: i love it craig thank you for sharing all Mm -hmm. this with us Mm -hmm. let's give one more time the address to the park
3: they're at moore park beautiful moore park is 765 northwest 36th street miami florida 33127 you can't miss it just go right to 8th avenue and 36th street you'll see the beautiful park
2: thank you for Uh, joining us this morning we're so thankful for everything you're doing and
3: thank you for having me again uh again no matter if someone wants to join our program or not, but let's just keep these kids busy, take away that idle time, and, uh, and I'm sure that we can have productive citizens. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Well, we are interviewing someone today that uh, is really making a difference in our communities, um, has been for some years, and is now uh, talking about another initiative uh, that they are doing to help our communities. I have with me Stephen Shelley, He is the COO of FarmShare. Now, FarmShare has a great name in our community, doing a a great job. And so I just want to say welcome to the program, Stephen.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me on.
0: Well, um, we've interviewed you before, and we know that FarmShare is an amazing...
4: We're we're a food bank, so our primary mission has always been to feed people, to collect food and then feed people with that food.
0: Well, you have another initiative to kind of link like law enforcement with the people. T- let's let's talk about that. So
4: FarmShare started about two years ago now, this community crime and policing pilot project. And we first teamed up with the U.S. Attorney's Office. And the original goal was, would the power of food be able to reduce crime in high crime neighborhoods? And so we started having reoccurring distributions within these neighborhoods. And at the end of a year, the study showed that yes, crime rates had gone down, specifically violent crime rates, which showed that there was a link between food, people being hungry, and the crimes that were being committed. So that, w- that was the success. But the byproduct of it was we had started partnering with the U.S. Attorney's Office as well as local law enforcement agencies to hold these food distributions. And at the end we found that the relationships between the law enforcement agencies and the communities that they were serving was substantially increased. It, w- it was night and day differences. And, and so that, that became the headline story and that became what we've been working on going forward now going two years. And we've expanded this program now slowly but surely throughout Miami-Dade County and now up to Northeast Florida, Northwest Florida. And, and we have letters of support that show that these law enforcement agencies have been greatly benefited. And so it's called the Community Policing and Crime Prevention Program. And we're in the process now of trying to find a means to expand this from just a pilot program to a full-blown you know secondary program of farm share. So not only are we feeding people now, not only are we, not only are we doing what we love to do, which is feed the people that are hungry and that need, we're now using that food to, to bring together law enforcement agencies, it's a bridge. It's, it's it. It's bridging that gap between mm-hmm. law enforcement and the communities they're serving, and and it's been it's been phenomenal to see.
0: It's kind of hard to get mad at the hand or the person who is actually handing you food and saying, "Here, you know, I'm giving you something nutritious to eat." How can you turn around then and, and be spiteful, <laughs> you know, to to that person?
4: Correct, and, and it is it has forced you know whether. the willingly, unwillingly has brought people together, has brought the law enforcement agencies that are directly interacting with the community as they're receiving food. The the community is seeing law enforcement from a different side. They're no longer seeing them as, you know, coming into their community and arresting somebody or or causing problems. They're seeing them now as being helpful. They're seeing the other side of law enforcement. and, And it's actually led to cases where a neighborhood that typically would have turned their back and not been responsive to law enforcement at all has actually been calling in tips saying, we, we know who, this, who committed this crime, we believe it was so-and-so, mm. and, and they've been able to arrest people or they've been able to reduce crime in that community because they're helping self-police now because they feel that they have this this relationship or this bridge, this gap you know, between law enforcement. It's been, it's been amazing.
0: And on the other side, the police uh, person that is actually there doing, I say person because it could be uh, a man or Correct. a woman. Uh, as they're now going into the community, they're seeing correct. that community in a different light.
4: That is correct. They're they're seeing them in, in completely you know in, in normal community activities. They're 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 getting to know you know the families. They're getting to know who the patriarchs of those communities are, which which is key in in trying to combat crime because everyone's working toward a common goal. Everybody wants a safe neighborhood, and, and those things are now taking place. And in the food, the food is the thing that brought them together. So. And maybe
0: if those, let's say, a child was getting in trouble, you know, that police person could say, I know your mama.
4: That is correct. That is correct. And and we've seen some branches off of this where we're working with some of the local, you know, the police benevolent associations, the FOP, and they are actually now picking food up from us, and they are taking food directly into the community to uh, to people, to families that that can't leave for whatever reason. And so it's kind of branched off into other areas.
0: Well, if you'd like to get involved in any way and just support this initiative, go to farmshare.org. I know that Steve and Shelley would love to talk to you, and uh, maybe you could volunteer and help in this area. But let's support uh, FarmShare in this initiative. I think it's wonderful, Steven, what you're doing. And uh, thank you for being one of those life changers in our community.
4: Well, thank you very much for having me and giving me a platform to talk about our program.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, once again, we are at that part in the program where we get to hear a story. We get to hear a testimony of someone that has gone through life change. And today I have with me Roberta. You know, a lot of times you hear men's stories. I love when we have a woman, a lady that will have that gumption and that tenacity to be able to tell her story. So, Roberta, can I give you a very special welcome? Thank Thank you. you. As a lady... Because sometimes the ladies we find are a little uh, reticent and they don't want to tell their story. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Okay, Roberta, let's go a little bit back into your history as well. And let's talk about what brought you to the Broward Outreach Center in Hollywood. That's where uh, you came into the program. What brought you there? How did you even find out about it?
5: Well, I'm from Maryland. I moved here about 10 years ago. Worked at um, Nordstrom's in Aventura, mm-hmm. had a great job, had a nice place to live, and things were going good. And finances, I lost my job, I moved in with a friend and got put out, mm. and then I'm like, where am I going to go from here? I was on the streets for a minute, I slept in her car, I slept on benches. Mm. It wasn't really bad, the weather was good, you know. But now so- wait a
0: minute, I have to get stop you there. You wasn't able to sleep in the house, but you could sleep in her car? She mean, is
5: that a story there? <laughs> she asked me to leave, and I'm like, when do you want me to leave? But she said, now, so I had to leave. You know? she and she was, said,
0: okay, you sleep, in my, sleep in my car? in your car
5: until you find something. But um, I happened to be on the streets one day walking to Publix, I believe, and I saw this lady and her son, and we just started talking, and she was telling me about Broward about County Outreach Hollywood wow and then she gave me the process of how you get in you go down to the dog park and you talk to the task force and so on and so you know that way mm-hmm. and i got started going there overnights doing the overnights mm-hmm. there at first so and you it, came for the meals and for the overnight overnights it was a process i was scared i didn't know what to expect what to do and but i got familiar with it and because i told myself do you want to go back home do you want to stay here you moved here for a reason and now i got my i mean i was basically based here, settled here, everything Mm -hmm. was established, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to stay. Now, for a lady to be out on the
0: streets, I mean, talk about that. I mean, I just, it's so hard for many of our listeners to imagine, even
5: myself. It is hard. It is very hard. I got a storage bed and put some of my stuff in. You know, I did have a little bit of money to do that, and so I didn't want to give up everything, and for a while I kept it, and I had a little bit of change in my pocket, but... You know, you, you figure it out. You know, you go, like I said, like during the day, I would go to the library, still try to apply for jobs. And then in the afternoon, you would go back, to, you know, the BOC to um for my overnights and get up and do the same thing. But your mind is so focused on where am I going to sleep tonight, the job is secondary. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. And they tell you about the process of getting in the program. You have to do so much, you know. Mm-hmm. And finally, I got in.
0: So you went from emergency shelter where you wasn't part of the program; you were just sleeping there. Right. And now you've gone that next level. Now you're in the program. Now
5: you're in the program. So you get, um, you go through the changes of you know you go through your intake process. You go through your, um, your doctor, your education level, your mental state. You know where are you are educated, you know, what can you do. Mm-hmm. And they have all these play, people in place to help you out. And I loved it. But I was like, kind of leery, do I want Because the first thing they tell you is, you got to stay in here two weeks. You can't go nowhere unless it's an emergency. Yes. And when you're used to being, um, you know, right. with freedom, like you have to condition yourself. Do you really want to do so this? So they
0: kind of call that stabilization.
5: Stabilization. You're getting yourself together now. Yeah. Are you going to do this? Because this is what you have to do right. to get through. You're not going to... Get to your next level, your next level, if you don't follow the rules, you know. So I said, yes, I want to do this because I want to stay in Florida, you know. Mm -hmm. And they told me about, you know, sometimes you can qualify for housing and other assistances that they do have for you, and I wanted all that. Mm -hmm. So I conditioned myself, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go through all the channels that I have to, to Mm -hmm. um, get to where I want to be.
0: Okay. So, Roberta, we're going to come back in just a moment because I want to get a little more of the backstory, too, of actually staying at the Women's Center. Uh, and so you're with other women. There's children there. Um, how do you actually, you know, learn to, to get along with, you know, women? Sometimes I feel like men can get along a little bit better than women together. Uh, so we're going to come back in just a moment. Please don't turn that dial. We got to hear more of Roberta's story. Well, once again, we're back with Roberta. I hope you didn't turn that dial because we're going to hear more of her story. As you've heard just before that tiny break, was uh, she came into the, to the Broward Outreach Center basically because of finances, lost a job, so there was not addiction there, there was not abuse there, and that's one thing I want people to hear, that there's a many reasons why people find themselves homeless. There is not just one reason. And uh, wh- when people come into a situation where they feel like there's no hope, they don't know what to do, it's good to hear that uh, Roberta had found a place, Broward Outreach Center in Hollywood, and she did come in. So, Roberta, let's pick up our story. You're now in the program and you're at the women's center so talk a little bit about that experience with (laughs) living with
5: other women and there's children there yes there is it's a process because you start out you're in the pending room you know upstairs has got people that's on different levels there like on job search status where they're getting jobs or saving their money so you start out in pending. And then you work your way up when there's a bed available to get upstairs, and it's not easy living with the group. It's of a four-story building, right? Yes, but um, the f- ground floor is the offices and you know the, the lobby and the pending area, classrooms. Second floor is administration. The learning there's a learning center upstairs. Third floor is basically family, and the fourth floor is single women.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were on the fourth floor.
5: I eventually got to the fourth, the fourth floor. floor. Yes. yes. And it's not fun being around a lot of girls all the time, you know, but you have to condition yourself and do the things that you need to do to get where you need to be. You're not there for them, you're there for you. Right. You have have to keep your mindset, well, why am I here, what are my goals? And you know, think back, we all have one thing in common, we don't have a place to go. And you have to do the things that you need to do to get where you have to go. So that's what my mindset was. I want to get all I can from the help that I can get to get back on my feet and be living independently again and that's what I did.
0: So you had a case manager that helped you go through the levels. Yes,
5: I had a beautiful case manager, Miss Tanessa. She I mean, she laid all the groundwork. We sat down and we talked about what you need to do. And these are your expectations. You get to, sorry, you get to see your caseworker once a week. Mm-hmm. And she checks in with you to see your status and then she lets you know what you know you else you need to be doing or well, she keeps
0: you on track. She, she moves you, you along. She keeps
5: you on track and gives you that memorial support and mm-hmm. anything you need from her. If they have it there, they'll give it to you. And um, they have people in place for all of this for you. And uh, she was really great. I got the job. I was saving my money. I did all the things necessary I needed to do. I got the housing. Amen. and I moved out I was so happy I didn't matter of fact I was so happy I had the key didn't want to leave BLC oh can you imagine (laughs) after living with all those women and all of a sudden you don't want to leave no that wasn't
0: it's the the structure right Right. it
5: wasn't that the case I didn't have a bed yet so you know that was the only reason so I got my bed and I went ahead and moved out and gradually I got everything that I needed to be in the place to start living independently Amen. so um Everything was going great, had the job, and I would go back and forth to BOC periodically to visit, you know, because I had established such a rapport with everybody there. I like them and um, hopefully they like me, they do, I guess I'm still there. It's a family, it's a family. It's a family thing, right? So, I mean, I would go back, and lo and behold, guess what happened to me? My job folded, it wasn't Mm. me, my job closed down. Again. And I had a little bit of savings, and with my unemployment, I tried to stay there as long as I could, so I happened to call back over there. And their GSA um, supervisor is one of the nicest people I know. Her name is Nina. I called her up one day. I said, "Miss Nina, here's my situation again. I'm back to square one. And she said, well, Mr. Cotton at the time was our mm-hmm. director. He, yeah. he said, well, Mr. Cotton, he's here today. You want to speak to him? And he let me come back. Mm. I mean, it was little place beds were available. So he said, come back. I'll give you X amount of time to get yourself back together again and we'll see what happens. And I did, you know. But this time I'm getting older and my health is declining. Applying for jobs is kind of hard, you know. When you get a certain age, I have COPD, I have cervical um, arthritis, mm-hmm. and different things. And I'm also had applied for Social Security, mm-hmm. but so um, I stayed there and I got a little job. Social Security came through got me a place again, okay. and I'm really now in a place, a comfortable place. I go back to VLC every day to volunteer. I help out with everything, you know, for everybody. It's my family. My Amen. family, like I say, I'm from Maryland, but this is my Florida family. So now family. you're
0: helping other people. You're seeing women come in. Yes. And it kind of reminds you, hey, listen, I was kind of there.
5: Right. I was at that place. I, I know things from both spectrums. I yes. feel like, you know, the clients come in, they need something done, or they want this, and I can help them out. That's great. I do. I do. Well, that's
0: such a wonderful story, Roberta. I really hate stopping any of these stories because you just you make my heart warm, and I know that people are listening and saying there is hope. So don't give up on people. Know there's hope, and uh, let's just uh, be thankful that Broward Outreach Center in Hollywood and Pompano is there. Of course, the Miami Rescue Mission in our Miami campus, and pray for those that have come through our programs. That God will continue to enable and empower them to be successful. In their lives thank you for being here Roberta thanks
1: for having me well what a tremendous testimony of a changed life you know we're serving 1300 people every day last year we served about a million meals we're going to be serving close to 250,000 meals this fall and with the thousands that we're helping it always boils down to you know what about one life what about one person what about one woman and her children or one family What difference are we really making? And of course you want to be efficient and effective in all that you do as a Christian organization. We want to be good stewards of all the resources that come to our hands, all the volunteers that come in, our donations. I want you to know that last year, nearly 750 men and women found jobs and moved back into the community that were homeless. It seems that no matter what we do, we always seem to have a new group of homeless coming, you know, the whole the, our cities, our counties, the nation has a very, very aggressive uh, program and approach to ending homelessness. And as much as we do, we still have those that suffer from either mental illness or drug addiction, uh, women fleeing domestic violence, veterans that come back from the war that have somehow fallen through the cracks. Even with so many great agencies, there's still people on our streets that are veterans. What a blessing it is when you know that all the effort, all the classes, all the preparation, everything that's being done, that it is helped uh, to change lives. When people come through the doors, many times they have nothing. I mean, they're barely just carrying the clothes in their back. So as they are in part of our programs, they're going to be fed. They're going to be sheltered. They're going to have a good place to sleep. They're going to get brand new clothing. Well, not brand new clothing. Brand new clothing to them, but very good clothing, gently used clothing that has basically been donated by people in the community. They're going to get meals on time uh, at, on your on the streets. When you don't when you're not eating regularly, that does affect your metabolism. It does affect your psycho, psychological ability, and if you. Put that on with a mental illness or addiction. It just makes things even worse. And it's a harder pit to climb out of. So we are so grateful that everything that we're doing is focused around that one individual, even though we're, we're, we're serving thousands. I said just a second ago, we're going we're gonna to be serving 250,000 meals this fall. And I would like you to take advantage of our Pack the Pantry annual food drive. You can go to caringplace.org slash pantry. And you'll see the brown paper bags that we're sending out to people. It tells you what to put in the bags. It tells you to drop off locations. And if you're involved in your church or a place of worship, a school, a business, a condominium, where maybe there's a larger group of people, maybe you have a, an office where people are coming in. You can get some big boxes. We'll send you out flyers. You attach them to the boxes. And those kind of donations will come out. We'll be very happy to come out and pick up. You know, uh, last year there was a... Uh, some two kids, and they're in the same family, um, but they were only in third and fourth grade, and they did a tremendous. They got their school involved. They went to their neighbors. We've had that happen in previous years. Uh, this year, we have a wonderful family that's doing a special uh, Thanksgiving drive for us, and so it's very simple. I want to make it simple. Uh, we love for you to come down and volunteer your gifts and your talents. You know, serve. Uh, help us with landscaping projects, maybe some painting, uh, artist class, uh, working with our children in our education centers. But here's a simple way. You simply will take that bag and you'll fill it with items that you purchase at your local supermarket. So look for the bogos, the buy one, to get one freeze. And you see some rice, you see some a can of beans or some can of corn. Uh, get something for your family, of course, but then think of those that really are struggling the, to put food in their bellies. You know, this is very simple. And I've been here long enough to know that hope often begins with a meal. That's so true. When people come through the doors, they're not just coming in because, hey, I'm here to change. They're often brought because they're so hungry. Uh, they've been wearing the same clothes. They don't feel good about themselves. They haven't brushed their teeth or had their ha- you know, hair combed back and shampooed. And so that's one of the ways that we use. And it does work. People come in. We build relationships. And then he said, You know, maybe my life can get better. Well, God bless you. Remember, Pack the Pantry, that's caringplace.org. And tune in next Sunday, right here on News Radio 610 for more Mission Possible.